What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned in to Season 5, Episode 11 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital studio alone. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, homie? Not much. Just happy to be back. Uh, Going to be talking to you guys about a whole bunch of really cool gaming stuff. So, uh, you know, really appreciate y'all tuning in every every time we do one of these. It means a lot. Yes, it does. Thank you all for listening. And, of course, our show would be a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. That's him. What's up, brother? Not much, man. Just been slanging games like, I, like I'm at the swap mall or something. So. That sounds <laughs> like him. Last couple days. Yep. That sounds like yep. him. Yep. There's, uh, Every oh, day I'm slanging, game slanging, game slanging, game. Game slanging, game slanging. <laughs> You know it, son. No. Wow. Uh, there's like a pro promotion at GameStop where it gives an extra five bucks. So, yeah, I've been doing a, I mean, the um, purge section of my gaming bulimia right now. I'm purging physical copies <laughs> of said games to GameStop. So, and I am going to not, you know, per, you know um, binge. I'm trying not to binge anymore. So, we'll see. We'll see how successful that is businesses <laughs> so are you using your is your plan to use your uh credit for black friday at gamestop or uh, just a little bit of that and uh i have a kind of a game plan where i'm gonna kind of curate both a playlist to play my uh games i actually own and then uh, uh actually curate a wish list so i could keep an eye on games to reach that price sweet spot to pick them up not at sixty dollars, but you know, after seeing all these games going for fifteen, twenty bucks, I bought for sixty bucks like four months ago, and seeing that I haven't even played those said games yet, it just—it's a bitter um, pill to swallow, quote unquote. So sounds like it. <laughs> so I just want to be able to, you know, enjoy my hobby a little bit better. You know, not be so uh, uh, inquisitive as to purchase said games, but to enjoy. The pleasure of gaming, quote unquote. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's something to be said about the collecting side of gaming. I mean, I've I know for me myself, I have kind of come to the exception that you know I will probably be buying some games that I may it may be a while before I get to. You know, and and I'm okay with that. Um, I just you know like Monster Hunter just took up the the lion's share of my gaming time since oh i know that since iceborne mm-hmm. is kind of yep. so yeah we, we me and Ke- me and uh, desmond need to still you know bite into that wonderful like buffet of monster hunting goodness i've been waiting to do that so yeah it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun but uh we're gonna kick things off with our new section So Trader Joe, why don't you hit the hit the folks up with uh, what's been going on in the games industry? 
Uh, there's two weeks of news. There's a lot of stuff curating around. So let's start off with BlizzCon a couple weeks ago. A couple of games got announced. First game is a uh, big hitter named Overwatch 2 on there. So they did announce a sequel to the shared multiplayer environment uh, of Overwatch. And basically what the uh, gist on Overwatch 2 is that it's going to be a lot of PvE content in the game. Uh, new to Overwatch 2 is story content that pits squads of heroes against the null sector attack- attackers. First mission of the story content feature at BlizzCon takes place in Rio de Janeiro. On there, there's going to be new hero missions that will also feature a leveling mechanic for the game's roster. Um, there's a new skill tree uh, for each character as well. Um, Overwatch 2 will also see the addition of new competitive maps. Uh, new PvP game mode called Push and more on there. So there's a new Hero 2 Sojourn that was briefly featured in the Sizzle Reel premiered after the cinematic trailer for the game on that. So And another thing that's kind of crazy with this um, unveiling of Overwatch 2 is that they, um, Blizzard, the team at Blizzard, worked internally to make sure that Overwatch 1 players did not get, did not get left behind on there so basically what will happen is that some of the overwatch 2 content in pvp will be playable in overwatch 1 on there so all the original games heroes maps and modes as well as existing player overwatch players accomplishments and loot locations will be carried forward in the sequel but they said that for the shared multiplayer environment they said that between the two games that overwatch and overwatch 2 players will be able to battle side by side in pvp multiplayer and that current Overwatch players will be able to play Overwatch 2 heroes and maps as well. It's like almost like cross-promotion in a way on that. So so it's kind of crazy to think about it, but I think it's a good way to bridge the two games on there. I think we've been learning a little bit, especially with like Ghost Recon Wildlands and Ghost Recon. Uh, what's the name of the new game where they just had Breakpoint. trouble... Breakpoint, yeah, they had trouble bridging the two games. And I remember the bridge between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 was just uh, painful on there. It was painful to go with all that, you know, content from Destiny 1 and then Destiny 2 just starting off the way that it did. And so I think a lot of companies are kind of learning that they need to bridge the gap uh, with their um, service games on there. Even Division 1 and Division 2, same thing on there where... You know, you got years of content on some of these titles, you know, and people have been playing Overwatch 1 for years on that. And so for them just to cut them off cold turkey or to make them purchase a new $60 game, they should bridge their thirst for said game. So I think it's a good thing that Blizzard is doing. What you, what, what's your opinion, fellas? Uh, I have no opinion because I do not play this game. But I have a lot of friends that do play this game, and I think that they're going to be very happy uh, with the way this is all shaken out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's whatever they're doing to try to help their uh, the people that love that game and play that game, I think it's great. And I really hope that they are able to um, continue uh, you know, making this content that they enjoy. But I know that's a very kind of you know, middle of the road kind of conversation or statement. But again, I don't, I don't play the game. I tried to play the game, but I just couldn't get into the, um, the, uh, the play style, you know, first per first person, 
uh, arena based, you know, shooter just, just, just was not my cup of tea, which is fine, you know, and, and anyone who likes that stuff, more power to you. But, uh, but again, it's just not, uh, it's just not really for me. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's great. You know, I, I've always liked, uh, Overwatch from a, um, from a commercial standpoint and, and how it looks and the lore and story. I've always thought that was kind of cool. So I, I watch all of the story content and all that stuff. So even though you're saying that they're adding a lot of PV, PVP to it, uh, sorry, PVE to it, which sounds really yeah. cool. Um, I, I still don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to take it, you know, or try it. Maybe I'll try it on a sale or something or, but just, just out the box, you know, day one, probably not. Uh, what do you think, Kev? Um, I'm like you. The Overwatch is is not my type my type of game. Uh, I tried it once and I didn't like it at all. The but anything that is going to help um, maybe build the universe of that t- of a very popular title that a lot of people play. Uh, I think for people for folks that are already vested in Overwatch. It's going to be a good move to kind of push them over into Overwatch 2. Um, it's just, it's just for me. I mean, my my whole thing was maybe if Overwatch would have started with some type of single player or co op story thing, because the thing that always irritated me irritated me about Overwatch is that all the lore was outside the game, yeah. very, and very much like Destiny. Well, you gotta you gotta get these cards, and then you can read the cards on on Bungie's website. That's dumb. The yeah. the lore needs to be in the game, and I think maybe if the lore would have been included in, I don't know, maybe have like a single player camp, a brief single player campaign for each character, uh, something that could be built upon as DLC as time went on. Uh, or with what they're doing with these uh, the, these <clears throat> PVE uh, sessions, I would have given it a second uh, a second look. But I, I I just I'm 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 just not the the Overwatch's uh, main target demographic. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of feel the same way. I did try Overwatch a little bit, and after the unveiling of Overwatch two and seeing how inexpensive overwatch one is uh during black friday whatnot it made me think about maybe giving another shot and then i realized hey i already own overwatch on pc somewhere on battle.net and i never log into battle.net so hey i might actually get a chance to check it out at least a little bit to get a better understanding i know when i played it initially i was just doing the pvp stuff but i realized i was doing um all my pvp kind of in a training type mode with bots on there. So I never actually went online with Overwatch 1 ever, even when I did, was checking it out for a couple days on there. So so I just felt it was important enough. I know it's important in the gaming world itself, you know, and, you know, oh, for obviously sure. Overwatch has a, a quite a big um, audience on there. Uh, as you well know, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, fan fiction type stuff for overwatch as well so which is great but, again i think over, i mean i i like the story the overarching story what i know like i think it's i think it's kind of cool it's just the way the game plays as a competitive you know shooter it just it's just is not my cup of tea that's the only oh, thing for sure 
Yeah, know. I listen another podcast I listen to. Uh, one of the hosts, uh, they are not really good at first person shooters, and they found that they're playing the healing uh, healer class on there, and they tend to like going around and just healing people. That's what what they, they got into Overwatch. Yeah, by doing that on there. So that's what I that's what I did. I played Lucio. You know, so I I know the game, you know, and I played it. I I tried to play it, you know, pretty pretty religiously. Like a friend of mine actually wanted me to get into it, so he actually bought the game for me to play because he wanted to play the game with me. And I was just like, you know, I was just like I I I appreciate you for doing this, but it's just not my this is not my cup of tea. You know, it's just it's just not for me, and I'm fine with that. You know, enjoy your game. Of course. Well. Overwatch 2 is not the only heavy hitter at BlizzCon. There also was another game announced named Diablo 4 mm. on there. So there are some cinematic trailers out there, but they did have a panel at BlizzCon discussing Diablo 4. And um, they basically said that the devs are continuously referred to the game as being a more grounded take on the Diablo franchise. It was clear that the team was using Diablo 2 as their inspiration and getting away from much of Diablo 3 in the process on there. The uh, game is heavily inspired by the occult and biblical themes, and the grittiness and darkness of old Diablo games is back with a vengeance on that. So the campaign will take you through a massive open world with five distinct regions. Um, They learn a lot from Diablo 3's adventure mode, and they're using it as the basis of a new nonlinear campaign. On there, you won't have to play through the main story in its entirety before doing much else. On there, you could take breaks and jump into the copious side content at your leisure on there. So, and you're able to obviously customize the experience to your preferences on there. So, and in Diablo 4, there's going to be five classes for you to play on there. Uh, they did show three classes off at BlizzCon that included the Barbarian, the Sorceress, and the Returning Druid on there so and they kind of went over all three classes obviously the barbarian is going to be your you know front end melee boat focused uh character on there um and then also with the barbarian uh, they're known for carrying a war chest of weapons in the combat and new, new system will let them do that you'll be able to equip four different weapons and use them all as the situation calls for that's crazy you could carry both one and two-handed weapons on your person. Anytime you use an ability, the weapon needed for it will be automatically equipped and used on there. So, so, and you also gain any benefits of the equipped item. So, if you happen to have a barbarian with four different legendary weapons, it seems like that's the way to go on that. So, and then the druid, you're going to be able to mix and match abilities uh, much more efficiently uh, than they did in Diablo 2. Uh, they're kind of hybrid characters that will switch between summoning, spellcasting, and shapeshifting on there. Uh, in Diablo 4, the team is really embracing the hybrid nature of the class and will let you swiftly move from one to the other as you chain together abilities on that. And then the Sorceress, they didn't talk about that class too much, but they focused on her ability to use elemental magic to light up the darkness. Uh, character will be your typical glass cannon with the ability to use magic across the different elements to kill uh, foes quickly and effectively on there. They did not reveal the other two classes. Um, probably looking for probably a defensive class on there, maybe a paladin or cru- crusader possibly on that. Uh, we'll have to see if they pull another rabbit out of their hat, maybe an Amazon witch doctor necromancer. So 
Well, to see on that, to see what's in Diablo 4. Um, also, too, they did say that this game is going to be a live service game. So, obviously, it's going to be online and you'll be able to play with other uh, players at the same time. Uh, they are introducing, as well, the return of talent trees in the game from Diablo 2. And so that will give you a lot of tools to play the build that is in your head as opposed to playing the character they design on there. So so a lot of intricacies with this game. It's not coming out anytime soon. As you can tell, they did announce it for uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One sometime in the future on there. They also talked about having mounts in the game. So, so it's crazy, but you're going to have actually a creature to summon to be able to get across the map a little bit more quickly on that almost like you're playing an mmo on that so a lot of information to digest gentlemen um i'm super excited for this when it does come out day one for me uh what's your guys' thoughts um yeah so they obviously heard their population that plays uh that that game and they were not happy with the the overall look and aesthetic of Diablo 3 and so they're going back to they're going back to the to the well which I totally agree with um I thought Diablo um I thought Diablo 3 while it looked good you know it was something about its color palette and the way it looked I don't know I don't know. Something about it looked looked a little off for for what it was trying to do, but that's an old uh, an old conversation that that basically people are kind of like, okay, you either like the aesthetic or you don't. But I watched the trailers for uh, Diablo Four, and it looks great. Like it looks really good. Um, so even I'm like, and I've been really getting into a lot more uh, of the you know top down you know, Dungeon Runners, you know, Diablo clones. I've really kind of gotten into those. And uh, I was a little jazzed for Diablo 4. I was like, okay, you know, th- this looks pretty good. Um, I do wish that there was more characters um, that they have. I-, I think they have the technology to do this. And because we're having to wait so long for it to come out, I was hoping that they would actually put more people into it or put more characters into it, you know. So, but who knows? They might have more later, and I just you know we're we're just not privy to that information right now. But but uh, I'm 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 excited for it. Like I'm I'm here for it. Is it a day one for me? I can't say that right now because I need to see I need to see more about what's going on with the with the game itself. So once I see that, then I'll be like, okay, you know what's what's really good. You know, that's that's where I'm at with this. So yeah, what do, what about you, Kev? Um, I thought Diablo three was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. my thing is I, it, the, the gameplay put me to sleep Yes, because all yeah. I was doing was like holding down R2 and you know, the, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those, it's just one of those things where if I'm not engaged with the mechanics of the game, then it's just, it's, it's just gonna. I'm. It's just gonna zone me out, and I hope that at least with, with Diablo Four, at least for console, which the, that's where most likely I would be playing it. The combat is more. 
more active instead of passive. You know, I, I don't want to just be moving my character and holding down R2 or R1 and just doing all these things and then hitting a couple of face buttons as as my uh, meters fill up. That's boring. Now, I'm not saying it's got to be Devil May Cry-ish necessarily because I don't think you could put some, a mechanic like that in a game like this. Or at least if you did, it wouldn't be very good. Um I'm not saying it's got to do all that, but I, I need I need some I need to hit some buttons. Um, I need I need some combos. I need something that's going to keep me engrossed mechanically with this game. And Diablo three just did not do it for me. Um, Diablo three was my first experience with uh, Diablo with the Diablo franchise, so I don't have a point of reference with regards to one and two um i thought it was pretty but i just thought the gameplay was just very lacking at least on the console and i guess on pc it was move your guy click click you know i i can't do that That, that's that's just that's also gonna that's uh that's night hall zone for me (laughs) as well too so if they can if they can grab me with the gameplay mechanics of the game then It'll be definitely be something I will be uh, paying attention to, but I'm going to have to see that revealed in gameplay or uh, a, di- a diary, a director's diary video, or something, something going in depth into the mechanics of how you play it. I mean, w- would it appease you if there's like more combos or ways uh, to move your controller to be able to go ahead and feel some of the oomph of the action that you're doing? Yeah, uh, I, I, I need to be more in, engaged in the action of the game. I can't just I can't just move my dude and hold down R two like I did in Diablo three. That's 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 snoozeville for me because you know again, you know beat 'em ups is kind of what the games that I, the type of games that I really like. And while this has RPG roots in, in PC. Uh, to me, when I play Diablo three, I'm looking at it from uh, a beat 'em up perspective because that's how that's how the mechanics for console were initially presented. You yeah. know, like yeah, you're going to be doing this and doing that, and it's like at the end of the day, I'm just holding down R two and hitting a few face buttons. That's that's I, I that's not going to that's not going to cut it. Yeah, I, I, I am. You know, so. Maybe if they could get that kind of feel like an old school like PS2 game like Champions of Norath or Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2 or something like that, where there's enough oomph with the action where you're just not holding a button down the whole entire time where you're actually, you know, doing some combos and maybe, you know, trying different buttons and not so much running macros like if you're playing an MMO or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, but see, again, here's here's where they have to walk that tightrope. The people that love love Diablo for that reason are going to want to see that return, right? Yeah, they really are. They're going to want to see that. So is it going to be worth changing the the, the sauce that made Diablo Diablo just to just to keep just to keep someone like me happy? I mean, Mm. I don't think so. Uh, It it, it may they may combine aspects of the two or they may not be able to. And that's fine. You know, you can't. I think we all want our favorite series to progress, but when they stop being what 
brought us, what made us fans of them to begin with, you run the risk of losing your core. Yeah. And not having the, the, the not having that new fan base to take your sales further. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, it's Diablo. People are going to buy it regardless. Yeah. It's but, like a, it's like a Slayer album or something. You don't want Slayer to be doing Christmas songs or something. You know, you want Slayer <laughs> to be Slayer. You know, you, know. you don't want to see them bust out some Temptations tiled soul numbers or something. <laughs> well, you and know, that's you... and that's what and that's what people were talking about with the with Diablo two. How much of a visual change it was from the uh, from Diablo. Uh, well, sorry, Diablo three when it was such a visual change from Diablo uh, two. So, like, I understand uh, what they're what they're talking about. Um, oh, I do too. I mean, Diablo three at the onset was like so panned, and everyone hated it. And it was such a great thing that they rescued that game to make it as good as it was mm-hmm. on there. So, and I have no point of reference because I never played Diablo two, even though I've, I've known people t- that were super addicted to that game. Yeah, and that game pretty much was a tentpole at the time for Blizzard. So. But looking forward to, so we'll have to see, you know, probably looking at least a year, probably two years. So probably be playing on the new generation of consoles more than likely once oh, it does definitely. come out. So, mm-hmm. so, all right. And another sequel got a release date on their uh, Tecmo Koei's Neo 2 is going to be coming out on March 13th, 2020. There was a beta that's running. Today's the last day for that. That's available on PS4 on there uh looks to keep the original game souls born spirit alive it's bringing a lot of the hacking and slashing you expect on there but um they're adding a new twist with the formula with yokai spirits who will aid you in battle finally a gritty reboot of yokai watch that we all wanted and needed so mm-hmm. on there but uh we're taking a look. Neo 2 is going to be releasing kind of in the window where everything else is releasing, including Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing, and Doom Eternal coming around the same window on there. So so I think Neo 2's different, uh, it's different gameplay from the games coming out around its window might help it stand out a bit on there any thoughts gentlemen any excitement for neo 2 i know neo 1 is the P- uh, playstation plus game of the month so might be some new fans of this game maybe picking up for uh, neo 2 coming out soon so i have i have no uh love nor hate for the game i never played it i know all i know is that it is a souls like game which in and itself can be kind of cool though i never was a souls uh, player, um, I thought some of it like those games that make you pull your hair out. It's not; those are not for me. <laughs> so, uh, so for all you you know fans out there, like, great, I'm happy for you. Let's get it. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it it all depends on how big of an issue the stamina bar is. <laughs> that's that that's the only thing. It's like. I love the difficulty of Souls games, but I hate the resource management. And yeah. I look at the stamina bar as a big piece of resource management. I hate resource management. So if the stamina bar can be implemented in such a way where it's something that you kind of have to keep your eye on, but 
you know, if you're if you're in a if you're in a bind and you got to do some blocking or some dodging, it's not going to be an issue like where oh I'm exhausted, I can't move, oh I'm dead, type of thing. Uh, if they can some kind some kind of way balance that stamina bar trick, then I'm going to be very interested in graphically. I've seen some gameplay; it looks fantastic. So I definitely want to see what's going on with it. Um, I had an issue with the first Neo. Now maybe it's because I just wasn't good at the game, which is highly possible. I, you know, that I'm not trying to say I'm the world's greatest, you know, beat 'em up player, but I just I got myself killed more often than not because I was so focused on what was going on in the combat, crowd control, focusing on this appoint uh, this uh, opponent versus the one behind me. And doing all this stuff and moving around, dodging and weaving, that I just completely neglected my stamina bar. And my dude would get tired and then I'd get killed. And that's and that's again why I'm I'm in so in love with Sekido, because it gives me that difficulty without having to re to manage that resource of stamina. So games like this are all going to be measured against Sekiro, and if it can pass the Sekiro test, then I'm going to be down for it. If not, then I'll I'll probably wind up passing on it. I'm interested in the game myself. I love the art style. I love the period that it's in, as far as the whole samurai in Japan on there. I'm going to definitely um, put Neo One on my front burner to check out and uh, I tentatively will pick up Neo 2 because uh, the uh, collector's edition comes out uh, it's a GameStop exclusive for physical at least it's, uh, 80 bucks comes with a steel book season pass and an art book and an extra 20 bucks gets you all three of those things so it's like if it's uh, gonna that's not too outrageous not too outrageous at all I, I feel like uh, you know I could see you know Sekiro came with like a action figure and uh, a steel book for an additional, I think, fifty or sixty bucks on top of the normal price. So it's like uh, you still buy it though. <laughs> I try not to, but yeah, yeah. yeah but Neo Two, I'm definitely interested in, and you know, this is going to be my like kind of dipping my toe back into the Souls like games on there and. You know, I'm hoping it's kind of be like Monster Hunter with me, where you know the initial difficulty, uh, once I learn the techniques and the combat, and you you know the thing with the stamina bar, like you stated, Kevin, that is something where I could learn to um, you know get beyond the difficulty. We'll we'll see. We'll talk about it on the show if I, when I do dip into it, we'll see how it goes. So, I mean, I plus it's a plus it's a white guy in Japan, so you can feel. You know, like you're like you're immersed in it, so that's kind of good, you know. So that's kind of cool, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? I'll, I'll put on my Tom Cruise mask. Yeah, <laughs> I am the I'm the last samurai. There you go, buddy. That's right. <laughs> that was always the I one want, thing that I took... often wonder why yeah. they went with yeah. that character design yeah that i have to ask too. myself that because it just seems <sighs> it just seems so odd so weird you know i mean hey i'm I, you know we're all for diversity in gaming but uh, yeah that was that was that was that was much that was that was a bit much seeing him i was like oh okay 
Okay, he's a white guy. All right, cool. Uh, I'll pretend I'm Fat Tom Cruise in Japan with my yokai. There you go. Some samurai sword action. Yes. There you go. No, no jubayan. No, no jubayan there. All, all Tom Cruise, Fat Tom Cruise action in the world of. Media, I'm here for so. it, Joe. I got you. So look forward to the fan fiction coming up. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Mm. All right. And in other news, uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me about the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Electronic Arts stated that they expect to ship six to eight million copies by March 2020. Hey-o. So we'll see if they sell all six and 8 million copies is kind of like the uh, recent forgeron of printing 10 million copies of Anthem and not selling them. Yeah. So um, it, it does have the Star Wars IP, so we'll have to see on there. But there, a lot of people have been raving about this online, even though they can't really talk about it too much, that there is pre, you know, review versions of this game out on there. Uh, it's all single-player, story-driven on there no microtransactions so we'll have to see how well it does but uh, i just kind of find it funny that these uh, publishers kind of set the bar high uh, for their shareholders but that is what it is on there uh, but it will be out in a week on november 15th i'm on down any for ex- it any excitement gentlemen i'm down for it i'm here for it i love star wars games that are good uh let me let me pre. Let me preface <laughs> that. that. <laughs> I like I like them games when they's good, but when you's bad, y'all got to go now. Thank you. Bye bye. I, I actually actually heard that this game has some slight influences from Dark Souls of all things in this game. So. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with that if it has if it has that. The thing that I'm because people are saying that. Okay, I guess. I was, you know, I, I listened to a lot of uh, streamers and and folks who are online, uh, YouTubers and stuff, and and the folks that have played it, you know, are saying that it it's better than um, what is it, Force Unleashed, and people, uh, the first Force Unleashed game was fantastic. So it was. yeah, so I really enjoyed that game. So if it's anything like that game, then I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm I might be here for it. But if it's not, you know, I don't know. And I kind of don't like the antagonist, you know, the way he is, you know. I don't know. I just, I was hoping that they would get a little bit, he, I just hope that he is not too cookie cutter, you know, is, is, is my hope. And that, and that they don't, uh, they're not laxed on their laurels because, you know, he's this, you know, oh, he's, uh, oh, I, I'm, 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 I'm so naive. I'm, I'm that, I'm that Jedi. Oh, you know. So I really hope that he's got like that Anakin, early Anakin, yes! thing to him yes. that I don't like very much. Yes. at all either. Yes, that's why. That's why I'm very hopeful. You know that he does not have that. You know, like because I, I don't. I'm not seeing myself in this in this character, and I'm like, okay, that's that's totally that's 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 not that bad. You know, but. At the same time, like I just can't have another, you know, maudlin uh, character. I just can't. It's like, please, you know. So, but the gameplay looks looks solid, you know, from what I've seen uh, from the trailers. So I I am I'm I'm here for it. I'm like, okay, I see you. You know, let's let's see what you got. Let's see let's let's see what you can do. Um, so we'll, well see. Well, I did. 
I did find the kind of uh, early impressions article on PCGamer.com mm. right now, and they likened it not to Forced Unleashed. It's not oh, just really? wailing on there. They likened it to like Dark Souls or Ninja Gaiden on there. Hmm. They equated it to spend a lot of time blocking enemy attacks on there. Um, they would be swinging one or two swings before needing to dodge attacks there's no stamina system they said but it's very deliberate especially when you start mixing in using force powers like stow or push to crowd control a group and pairing incoming blaster bolts back at stormtroopers to kill them from afar hmm. on there and they equated it that they tried the different difficulty settings in the game and so you're able to adjust the difficulty as needed for the type of gameplay that you want on there they, they basically stated that uh uh, the Jedi Grandmaster um, difficulty level um, it maxes out damage and aggression. We're reducing parry timing to close to Sekiro levels oh, wow. on there. So, so it's actually really cool, though, because a lot of times uh, I hear people online, of course, complaining that that when you when you when you choose a harder difficulty, all it does is make um, make people or characters sponges, make the villain sponges. Yeah. You know, and the fact that they actually have working mechanics to make the actual gameplay more difficult is a uh, is a boon in its favor, in my opinion. So I'm I don't know, like I'm I'm kind of I feel pretty good about this game, and I'm kind of excited. Now, the 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 big question is is going to be uh, runtime because I don't want no you know 15 hour campaign. Like if you're gonna you know, make me spend this money on a on a Star Wars game. Y'all better bring it. That's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say about that. I heard it's around thirty to forty. I believe that's so. fine. Like thirty forty sounds good. You know, but I can't. I can't be set up with with no like. You know, fifteen even twenty hour would be kind of would be kind of sad. Given given how long it's taken any uh anyone to make a Star Wars IP you know successful. Ugh. You know, so all I'm saying is you better bring it. A lot of people, especially myself, are, are really banking on this uh, on this game. At least I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I will play it on PC, but I will only play it after the mod to hack people comes out. There you go. <laughs> yep. There you go. You got to be able to, I mean, that's the big thing about Jedis, right? They're all about yeah, making just, cripple, uh, cripple yeah, people. Yeah, that, 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 and I, I mean, okay, that, that's a, that's a, I think in the grand scope of things, it's a small, it's a small crawl to be stuck in, but I mean, you could hack people in, 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 uh, uh Force Unleashed. Yep. And it's like, why? I mean, this is this is this is the house of mouse sticking their nose into into something that where it doesn't belong because we want to make sure it's it's kid friendly. And I'm I'm, I'm not saying it's got to be Ninja Gaiden. It's it's, but when you're hitting somebody with a pla with a plasma sword, when people have been hacked in the movies and they still maintain their PG rating. Uh, I think there are some ways that you can go about doing that. So I'm going to wait for the mods to get on that and come out with a hack mod, <laughs> and then I will play the game on PC. Well, there you go. This is a this is a quote from uh, lead developer at Respawn regarding your 
concerns, Kevin. This is from Aaron Contreras on there. So he stated, Jedi Fallen Order, we've really followed the authentic Star Wars Lucasfilm realization of dismemberment, which is that it happens in big story moments occasionally, but you don't see it happening consistently to sentient people. In other words, if someone is going to lose a hand in Fallen Order, it's going to happen in a cinematic, climatic story moment and not cheapened by letting players do it to hundreds of faceless goons on there. But they stated that droids and creatures that you fight will be dismembered on a frequent basis, but otherwise we save it for big moments. Sorry, Um, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. (laughs) I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. This this was the House of Mouse saying you can't dismember people in a Star Wars game. Uh, and until uh, you know, there's. I don't think there's anything anybody could say that's going to make me believe otherwise. So I will wait for the mod. When the mod comes out, I will play it. There you go. Cha-ching. We'll see. Though you'll have to let us know how the game is, Desmond, because I know the three of us. You are buying it day one. So. Yep, it's a day one for me. I I really enjoy Star Wars, so I will be seeing what this is. You know. And, it's, and, and that cracks me up because I've seen in gameplay at E3, you grab a stormtrooper and freaking impale him on your lightsaber. Yeah. Like straight up impalement. And you go, well, we don't want you to do it here. Everyone's going to give me a freaking break. I, you see, I would almost rather them just not address an issue at all than to come up with some with some BS statement like that. You know, that that's the whole, you know, well, we don't want cross play because of the kids. You know, don't 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 insult my intelligence that way. Well, Contreras did go further on to say, Kevin, uh, we've really worked through the entire development process with Lucasfilm. And this is a Star Wars thing. This is how Star Wars treats the dismemberment and the lightsaber. So we're trying to stay true to the Lucasfilm vision of what the lightsaber is and how it should be used. That's what and they, they, okay, then Force Unleashed didn't, and that was LucasArts developed. I know. They made a point in the article that that quote came from about that they've been less consistent regarding lightsabers in combat in video games, so, yeah. inclu- including Force Unleashed 2. I mean, the fact, there, I mean, so. Kevin is right. You know, it's, it's, yeah. this is new, this is new management saying, hey, you can't do that anymore. We's um we's 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 good now. We can't do that. <laughs> you know, sorry. Um when when really in reality that's all Jedi's did was cut people's hands off. You know? Mm-hmm. And, well seriously, that's what they did. They did it on purpose. Because because the Jedi code was they would rather they would rather dismember you and stop you from attacking them than actually kill you. So so it's part of like the Jedi, you know, code to do that. So, yeah, I mean, there should be a ton more dismemberments. I mean, in all honesties, in all honesties, when you're fighting, when you're fighting in there as a Jedi, every human you come across should be losing an arm or a leg or something. Just I'm just saying, like if we're gonna be like authentic, quote unquote, to this to 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 the Jedi and and the Lucas, then they need to be like seriously like dismembering folks left and right you know i don't want to hurt you anakin i have the high ground you know it's like come on that's what they do i mean hell even 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 mace windu you know the 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 baddest jedi ever he got you know dismembered he cut his heart they cut his hand off 
Yeah. You know, so it's like I can't that's why I can't understand it. It's like, okay, well, you know. That if if that's the hill y'all want to die on. And 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 the fact that they actually even had to make um uh uh talk about it is so mm-hmm. is so funny to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they they literally were like, "Oh, damn, you know, people are going to expecting us to expecting us to like, you know, let them cut people in half." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just silly to oh, me. Yeah. You know, the screw about being authentic, but we can't do something that that literally is what is what defines the Jedi's. They dismember yeah, you're people. Hack droids and animals to kingdom come. Yeah, yeah but of course. They, yeah, <laughs> that's like a defining moment, which basically means, you know, and that that whole thing basically meant uh, probably this that the, you're only gonna see them dismember a big baddie, you know, and in, in, in a in, in a clutch moment. In which you're gonna have to, you know, uh, it's gonna be like a, a a cinematic set piece in which you have to make a choice of either killing someone or or um, either killing them or or dismembering them. That's pretty much what's gonna happen. I can almost guarantee it. I don't know. Someone should just take like an old IP, like maybe Ice Pirates or something, and just make a. Um lightsaber game and just off the hook just like slash and dash and do whatever. running through and killing people left and right just cutting them, it, yeah. cutting faces off star raiders ice pirates she says star raiders <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm, mm. two points oh. if you're old enough to remember ice pirates yes for our listeners <laughs> if you're old enough yes ice pirates <laughs> I mean, they might be all right all right, and other news. Um, kind of want to was surprising to me when I saw this. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes has become the latest sleeper hit. They have sold one million copies since its release in late October on there. So the uh, developer and publisher are surprised by the passionate response to the game, Gunfire Games, which has also done the uh, Dark Siders series as well. Uh, called the response overwhelming and humbling in Perfect World Entertainment's. Uh, COO Yoon Im stated Gunfire Games have made a truly special game, and it's fantastic to see how much it has resonated with players. The team has awesome plans in the works that will continue to keep the game fresh and challenging. We're looking forward to continuing the journey with them and all of its fans on there. So uh, as far as the game Remnant from the Ashes, they have a detailed roadmap um, that is going to go to 2020. Um, they're going to expand the universe, and uh, they did unveil the hardcore mode just a couple weeks ago on there, and that will task players with beating Remnant from the Ashes with only one life on there. So, uh, being said that this mode must be played online, and there's no random matchmaking, only manual inviting for that. So, but uh, it looks like they're going to have an update coming in spring 2020 on there, which will have courses and survival update arrived this major update is also being teased for late 2020 on there but uh, i've been curious about this game that's the reason why i threw it in the news on there i know our mutual friend damon kevin has been playing this game i've been kind of interested in this i don't know if you guys looked at this game or kind of interested in in checking it out any thoughts you guys uh i I don't know i played it and it's fun um 
I don't know if, if, if I dig it as much as Damon does, because um, at the end of the day, it's still kind of like, uh, I mean, not to put it, no, I'm not, I don't say this to put it down, it's it's a lot of, um, like, almost like a, like a left for dead type of thing where you're going from, you're not going from safe room to safe room, you're trying to complete an objective, and then once that objective is complete, you leave that area, then go to an open world, fight your way to your next objective, and then kind of kind of start over again. That's one aspect of it. And then there are these like co-op missions that you can do. Uh, and I think you can do the story co-op as well. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I mean it's it's an interesting game. Um, I, you know, it. it I, I guess maybe the. For a shooter to really grab my attention, it's got to really be doing something, and I have no idea what that could be. It's got to be doing something different. Mm. It's either got to be doing the basics extremely well, or it's got to do something uh, that you just can't get you know, in any other shooter. And I have no idea how to express that because since shooters have never really been my preferred genre anyway, uh, the few that I do like, they just have something that that I find uh, unique to an otherwise what I would consider bland genre. So, mm. you know, it's 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 like, you know, like when I play Destiny, the thing I say about Destiny is that it's the guns. The guns make the game in Destiny for me. Um, something like... Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? That that. Uh, um, what's that PlayStation One where you're fighting the aliens that are invading? Uh, it's it's not Kill Zone. It's the other one. Um, Siphon filter. Uh, no, no. It's the where, where those aliens come. Oh, Resistance. Resistance. Yeah, like Resistance Three. I think it was the one that was co-op. Um. Resistance 3 really grabbed my attention because it's like the attention to detail and how you brought some of those aliens down was just really into was really interesting like some, you know for some you, you shoot out to shoot them in the leg I mean you didn't have to but it would be more effective to you know shoot them in the legs to you know make them so they're not as mobile and then take them out that way you know kind of almost like a um uh, what was that EA one where you were that that ship repair guy with the uh, I can't remember anything now, but Dead Space, Dead Space, almost dead like space. in a Dead Space hmm. type of way. Uh, so I need I need you know, but it, but it's fun. It's it, it, it's okay, but it, it's it's probably not one that I'll be going to and playing uh, soon. Maybe if it's if I can catch it on sale on Black Friday or something like that. And then I'll, I might pick it up and just put it on the back burner. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for their success. I mean, they're obviously bringing something to the genre that a lot of people are digging. So that's all. Oh, good cool. deal. I'm glad you had some impressions at least. I'm just curious about the game. I know it's forty bucks online. There's no physical release of this game, so I'm just waiting. You know, maybe for like ten bucks off, maybe pick it up on PSN or maybe on Steam and kind of go at it. And, if anyone's in, interested in playing with me or, you know, definitely let us know. Hit us up at gamingvessels at gmail.com and yeah. uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll probably, take a look at it for sure. Yeah, I'll probably buy it on a sale if you do, you know, um, and then we can all play. 
Yeah, they did add some Apex Legends type pinging as well to the game, so it sounds kind of cool for that. So, okay. all right, and other news this last couple of weeks, uh, the whole uh, ins and outs of Sony Computer Entertainment on there. Um, you know, as we talked about in previous episodes, Worldwide Studios Chairman Sean Layden stepped down, and they pretty much took the head of Guerrilla Games, Herman Holst and put him in the president position. So he's taking up the helm as the new head of Worldwide Studios on that. Also, Shohei Yoshida uh, went ahead, and he is going into a more of a curating role, uh, focusing towards indie developers at PlayStation, and he's going to be working uh, with indie developers exclusively now on there. So before, I know he was working for Worldwide Studios in Japan, on there and developing games there so pretty much he is going back and maybe kind of because sony in the last year maybe year and a half has gone away from curating indie games as much can kind of tell because the switch has kind of taken that mantle over on that so and so we're seeing uh kind of a change before ps5 comes out you know a changing of the guard so to speak so um i'm you know, I'm not taking any sort of negative connotation on this. You know, it's like, you know, people don't stay in power forever. <laughs> you know, things do change. And as long as they're conscientious about, you know, making this transition tr- transition to PS5, hopefully everyone will, you know, hopefully they do a good job <laughs> on doing that. Any thoughts, Kevin or Desmond? Um, I'm actually kind of excited that this has happened because... Guerrilla Games, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they're they're the ones that did the the PS4's first breakout IP success for first party in in Horizon Zero Dawn. This Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, these are the guys that have been known for Killzone. Correct. And they had to convince uh, Sony to let them do pursue their vision with no guarantee of success uh, in an IP that it was brand spanking new uh, with a female as the lead protagonist and in a in a not that the genre was new but the the uh, pieces were pretty new I mean I it's been a long time since I played an open world game where you fought against sentient machines you know, um, with bows and arrows. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad that he's got that he's got this position because this is a guy that knows how to recognize quality because he had to convince Sony to let, to, to let them get away from kill zone and make this, their, I, their vision of this new IP and it turns out that it was it's an excellent game, and it, and it was a smashing success for them. Breakout intellectual property, their first one for the PlayStation Four. If memories, if memories serving me correctly, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick overall. Um, I think it's cool. You know, um, it's always kind of good to kind of shake up stuff. I just hope that they're able to keep it going, and they don't. Um, like you know relax on what's what's going on you know so again 
you know, things change, people change, not people change, um, you know, it just, it just changes, so I'm, I'm fine with it, I think, I think, I think it'll be pretty good, actually, so. I'm eagerly awaiting the uh, unveiling of new games for PS5 and see what, you know, I'm hoping that they come with a loaded deck, especially since we've been kind of uh, not seeing any sort of initiative in the last year or two with the uh, new games being announced besides, you know, Last of Us 2 Ghost of Tsushima is the last one big game from Sony Worldwide Studios. So I'm hoping that we see at least three to four different titles at least announced for PS5, you know, where they could, you know, stack the deck, quote unquote. So we'll see though. So. All right, and then last but not least, just to cover, I know we had a media news section here, but I want to cover all the uh, fervor that's been going on online as of late. Um, people have data mined Pokemon Sword and Shield, and basically uh, some players online have been upset with the Pokedex specifically. In fact, they have created a hashtag entitled Dexit, on there so <laughs> really so yeah because that's dumb i know it's dumb and i've been noticing all the all the hoopla back and forth about this so um basically they said that game freak has um not made quote unquote they've been lazy um alleging that developer Game Freak is putting a low effort into the first main series Pokemon sequel on the home console on here. This is a quote, a Twitter quote from a user named Kid Gengar. I'm late, but I won't be buying Sword or Shield or any future Pokemon games made in low effort by Game Freak. Nintendo needs to take the franchise in-house. So, last good Pokemon games were Black and White and Black and White 2 hashtag bring back the national decks <laughs> decks it so <laughs> and so uh, i know they're playing on words because the uh the Brexit. world and pokemon sword and shield are based in britain basically so yeah so they're doing on brexit that. no i get it it's dumb but i get it yeah so and the june interview with famitsu uh Pokemon director, uh, what's his name, Masuta, said that including models for more than a thousand Pokemon was too demanding of a task and would have made it difficult for the development team to balance the massive roster for fair gameplay. On there, there was also concern that new Pokemon would be overshadowed by fan favorites on there, so... So, Game Freak's decision to exclude Pokemon has driven some fans to boycott Sword and Shield using the Dexit hashtag on there. So, but uh, there's been a, a thing over the weekend where they had a hashtag, thank you Game Freak, on there, and people have been giving love to Game Freak. There was actually an um, event in Japan that they canceled for unknown reasons and it was because of this whole controversy on that so so any thoughts you guys I know we already kind of laughed and kind of bye Felicia that it... <laughs> that's all I can yeah. say bye Felicia yeah I'm, I'm kind of uh, yeah Mm-mm. that's dumb people are dumb sorry 
Like, I get it. I, I hear your ire that, you know, your your game has changed and it and is different than what you wanted. But, yeah. Um, no. Sorry. There was one change I saw, too, where they talked about the game. They have done away with EXP share. You know, the thing that you would put on a Pokemon so that they would gain particular XP. Okay, that's it. I can't play this game anymore. Like, that was the one thing that I loved was experience share. You mean I have to train each one of these Pokemon one by one? No. Deal breaker. I actually have to play this game? No. Deal breaker. (laughs) Actually, they made it it so that all Pokemon leveled equally when battling. Um, Basically, they said that when EXP share was a thing, most players had turned it on, so... For those who have turned it off, we want to train one specific Pokemon. We thought, is there a way to achieve that? Yeah, simply by putting the rest of your Pokemon in the PC. Uh, here's so. So. So that's yeah. kind of crazy, but, you know. That's a quality of life issue right there, and I'm happy for it. Seriously, I hated, you know, having... It was just too tedious. This is This is exactly like what they did with Monster Hunter, okay? You know... These are quality of life changes to make the game more accessible to a wi- to a wider fan base. I'm sorry, you know, y'all just have to be like you have to be okay with it. You don't have to like it, but I personally love it. I think it's great. I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Let's do this. So we'll see. We'll see how it comes. Out. We're <laughs> Joe, both picking we'll it see. up. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Thanks, Joe. Uh, that's my thing. We'll see. Yeah, That's we'll my see. saying, right? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You gotta love, you gotta love Mr. Petra Costa. You gotta love him. Well, on that note, that's all the news I have this week. <laughs> 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 well, all right. Well, thank you for that. Um, uh, we're going to jump in. I want to jump into uh, a little bit of a discussion. Uh, I want to. I want to. Let me. Let me set the table for for you and our listeners because this is something I'm kind of springing on the guys the last minute. Uh, I was listening. Okay, so I was listening to a. a a podcast a couple days ago. I'm not going to mention the show or who was talking because that's not what this is about. I want to discuss the philosophy behind the statement more so than talk about who was who was actually making the statement. So I'm listening to this show, and these guys are talking about uh, next gen. And you know, play you know, making their predictions about who's going to quote unquote win the console war for next gen. And so they're going back and forth and back and forth and making making their points, you know, for for one platform or another. And I heard one person say that the that the determining factors that made. Uh, he was basically making the case that the, the determining factors that made Sony a runaway hit, a runaway success with the PS4 this generation 
is not going to be on the table next gen. This individual's uh, uh, statement was that what's going to determine the winner, the quote unquote winner, or the market leader, the 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 holder of the mind share, however way you want to you want to define it, is is services. And he kind of compared that to, you know, like the the uh, Google App Store or the uh, Apple iTunes Store, the App Store, in that it, it's all about services and how it, you're going. The winner of the of the next generation is not going to be games. It's going to be how they can keep you plugged in uh, over the over an extended period of time and. Everything else is just going to be secondary, and I and I I, I dang near uh, uh, choked on the smoothie I was drinking when I heard this because, to me, I think that is in, that isn't that is insane, and and I, I think it's been a long time coming over these. Uh, how long has this generation lasted? What six years? Uh, six going on seven years. Maybe? No, you kind of cut out. That's uh, 2014. So okay, but got you. You, you kind of cut out for a minute there. Well, we got oh, you. I did. Okay, yeah. am I back now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, in in my mind, and maybe it's because I'm just an old man. The thing that makes a console a console and makes you want to buy it are the games. You know. It, I mean, going back to going back to when I first got into this hobby, pretty much the dawn of home gaming. You know, you had the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and you had Intellivision, and then a little bit later you had uh, the well. Before that, you had the the Magnavox Odyssey, and then later on you had the Odyssey Two and the 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 the, the Bally and the all you know the ColecoVision and all these consoles, whether they succeeded or failed in the marketplace. I mean, you know, come '83, everybody was dead. <laughs> but regardless, is that each of these consoles, whether they succeeded or failed, they attempted to bring something unique to the market, and that uniqueness was the software that was available for it. Now you can say that well, that was a different time then. You know, we have. We have the internet, and we have social media, and both of those uh, play a an extremely high role in how we play and interact with each other, and uh, correspond with each other through the medium of video games. And I get that, but in my mind, regardless of what platform you play on in this current day. It comes down to games, you know. It, it, it is and, and like uh, so. I guess my question is to you guys: is how how does that that philosophy fit with you? Because to me, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be locked into a series of uh, Bethesda uh, uh, first first uh, what is it uh, first what's that their their freaking Fallout first Fallout. Oh, fallout. Yeah, the fallout. I don't want to be. Thing. I don't want to be locked into 
a, a rinse and repeat of getting me plugged into this, you know, to subscription thing. I want to I want to be wooed by the software on these boxes, regardless of regardless of what the, of, of what box you're talking about. The idea that it's going to be the services that are going to be offered of how we can keep me plugged in, uh, that just that just that just sits in my sits in my gut like spoiled milk. I just want to puke puke it out. So I just want to I just want to put that. What's your perspective on uh, not necessarily next gen and who's going to win, but the perspective that is per- kind of permeating through the gaming community now that. It's all about services with with consoles. I'll let you start, Joe. Well, it just depends as far as your viewpoint regarding what types of games you want to play. I mean, there's a lot of value with Xbox Games Pass, and some people have kind of given up or stated that they would prefer, (laughs) you know, to be able to just subscribe to a service kind of like Netflix and queue up the games that are available on the service and, and they're totally happy with the games that they have available that they're not looking to go out and purchase say you know they have the ability to be able to go purchase a game or two on top of whatever they get with their services if need be and uh, it just depends as far as um, what someone is wanting to get value out of this I mean there's obviously Xbox Games Pass um, there is PlayStation Now, of course, uh, EA Access Origin Premiere as well on PC, where you know, you're know getting a library of games to play more than you would ever <laughs> would want to ever play. And it just depends as far as if people think that this is where it's going to live and die on as far as the availability of these services. And to me, the problem is for me personally, that these services don't curate everything I would ever want to play on one service. So, I mean, therefore, just like if you're, you know, trying to get Disney Plus and, you know, Netflix and uh, HBO, I don't know if what's the new service called, HBO Plus on there where, you know, wind up subscribing to a bunch of different services to get all the content you want. Uh, you know, I'd prefer just like you, Kevin, probably to go out and curate my own game collection instead of having it curated for me on there. I do understand the value proposition in that because, you know, there's games automatically to pull down and play on there. I'm hoping with Games Pass, at least, is that they start focusing more on single-player content that seems like uh, their content has been lacking in the last few years, you know, uh, Crackdown 3 being the highlight for me, you know, so... And that's not exactly a highlight per se. <laughs> no, I would get that. it. You know, but the, for the people that have been enjoying, you know, Sea of Thieves and, you know, um, what's the other game? State of Decay 2, you know, all their service games that they've been bringing out. Um, we'll have to see. I'm kind of interested to see what Xbox kind of brings to the table in the next gen on there um if they keep purchasing developers and try to stack up their games pass like a netflix hbo plus type thing where they're gonna be you know developing more games and making the service at least a little bit more lucrative you know Uh, i've seen some people comment just like you said kevin from this podcast saying that microsoft has a quote-unquote leg 
into the next gen because of the addition of Games Pass and that they are have in quote unquote an advantage to next gen because of Games Pass and I, I do see the value proposition in it, but at the same time, you know, value is all in the eyes of the beholder. So it just depends on those games. <laughs> you know, if there's enough games there where you know they're knocking out hit after hit, then hell yeah, they have. Um, you know, at least a little bit more going on, but it just depends on what they got going on. I mean, what do you feel, Des? Um, I hate to say it, but yeah, people are are being you know trained to 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 have things as a as a service. You know, we are already being trained in 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 other entertainment media. So it just stands to reason that it will come to pass at some point, and that is unfortunate. Um, Games Pass is is one of those things that that just kind of shows you where it's going. And Microsoft has, you know, put their 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 you know life blood behind it to see what's going on. And yeah, you know. I do think that it sucks because you kind of should look at what the games are, you know, and uh, and that was why you bought a console was for the exclusives and the games that you were going to have access to. But that's not uh, the case anymore, unfortunately. It really is this sort of, um, you know, what will my options be, you know, down the road if I decide to uh buy this 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 specific system or this specific um um uh service. And I think that's that's kinda one of the problems that's that's kind of you know indicative of 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 how we as a society operate. Um and it's unfortunate um, because I really think that we really should be, you know, trying hard to to do different thing. Uh, sorry, to, to 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 look at what's going on and then and then support those physical media because physical media is going to go away at some point. Um, and I don't I, I don't like that. I don't want that to happen. I really wish that it 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 wouldn't go that way. And I really hope that you know, it doesn't come to pass and it's just, and I'm just being kind of a, you know, Oh no, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. But, but you know, my heart of hearts, I don't think that's, that's the case. Like, I really think that it's going to be a service oriented situation. We're going to have to decide, okay, you know, what service do we want? Um, because it's, it's cheaper, you know, it's cheaper. You're locking people in for, for a much longer time and for a much, uh, uh, like, it's like you literally have them now by the cojones because, because like, what are they going to do? You know, are you going to spend time doing something different? Or are you going to, you know, or, or are you going to, um, um, are you going to spend time on, on, on your, on which system? Like, are you going to spend time on, on, um, your Xbox? Are you going to spend time on your, on your PS4, uh, are people going to want to buy two two consoles? I, I think Nintendo is the one that's going to be really uh, kind of left in the in the lurch because they don't have anything like that really, you know. So like I I kind of worry for the for the um, 
for the state of what Nintendo, what's going to happen to Nintendo, because you have, like, you know, Microsoft having their games pass, and I really haven't heard anything from Nintendo. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like, you know, Nintendo is just not going to have anything. And this whole thing about going to carts, I guess they, um, uh, Sony filed for a patent for a cart or something. Um, did you see that, uh, Joe? Uh, yeah, but uh, it's kind of associated with a toy that they released in Japan last year. Okay. The same developer, because people have gotten their um, aluminum foil hats on and trying to make some sort of uh, something out of nothing. It kind of okay. reminds well, me. <laughs> well, again, I mean, hell, I don't know. You know, I, yeah. I, I come to you for a lot of this, for a lot of this, um, uh, stuff because I'm not thinking like, well, damn, you know, if um, are we going back to carts now? But that that seems to 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 fly in 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 the face. Was that new Vita, man? Come on, oh, don't see that. <laughs> that would be that would be no no handhelds are dead. Sorry, yeah, people can play it on their phones. Why do you think? Why do you think you see Bethesda buying up all these handheld places? No, it's all going to be service. It's all going to be from the cloud, and it's terrible. You know, that that feeling that you have, Kev, of a sitting in your stomach like rotten milk, I hate to tell you, my friend, but you might have to get used to that flavor. And it Y'all sucks. Y'all well, because I got old consoles. I, I still got ColecoVision and television and PS2. So if it gets too out of hand, I'll just, I'll just walk away from all of it and go back to Dreamcast and Saturn. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, feel, I just feel bad for you because I just really feel that's going to be you know the thing, and it's going to be like, what you talk about, old man? You know? And you'll be all like, I remember the day when you actually yeah. had to buy a disc. You know, <laughs> but, you know I remember the... but, you know, the thing is, is that I just feel that it's going to stifle creativity. Oh, yeah. Most it's definitely. going to stifle creativity. Companies are not going to want to take a risk on a new IP, or if they do... That new IP is just going to be the same old formula reskinned, where they're going to put out a base game for the service. You download that because you're a mem- you're a subscriber to that service, and any quote unquote premium content or pre- quote unquote seasons or quote unquote sequels that are going to be attached to that title, you're going to have to pay extra money for it. And I don't want to do that. I yeah. honest to goodness do not want to do that. I don't want I don't want the uh and, and you know I'll I'll pick on Games Pass cuz for me it's it's the most obvious one here. If if the you you can't tell me. I and I'm not I didn't I don't have a degree in business administration or business or you know business science, quote unquote, but you can't tell me that a game of the caliber of, say, God of War. Let's say that Microsoft's next Halo is is just a, a, a tour de force, a $180 million quadruple A, I mean, knockdown, dead-ass, freaking amazing game with a, with a top-tier story. And it ties in all these loose ends that Halo fans have been complaining about, and it's just the, it's just it's just the bee's knees, right? And then they turn around and say, "Hey, go ahead and extend your your Games Pass Ultimate for a dollar." You, you 
you can't tell me that you're going to there that you're going to continue to get that same quality treatment of more games that don't have a lineage like Halo, like Forza, like Gears. They're not going to give that same amount of time and money and energy into a new idea, a new IP, a, 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 a series builder that's a hundred that that maybe it's maybe it's not 120 130 million maybe it's it's 90 million it's 80 million that hey we want to make this game and it's going to be triple a uh well you know you know we're giving we're giving all these games away for for a dollar and we're trying to keep people getting people to extend their uh our existing customers bring more people in i, I just don't see how that math works I, I or I mean it works for maybe a handful of games, but you're not going to have that same level of creativity available throughout the spectrum of developers that you have under your belt because you're the money it, it, it's not going to make be good business sense to fund that type of thing. You're going to be pushing that fortnight ish, keep you plugged in online. Keep you running around with your buddies, shooting each other in the face, and buying seasons. That's how you're going to generate your money. And then every three years, every four years, drop drop a AAA bomb with a with an existing franchise that is well known. And I, I just don't want to see that happen to gaming. Whether it's Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, I just don't want to see that happen. You know, I, I want to continue to have that those options for new gaming experiences. You know, yeah, when we it, get it, you might get that. But are you gonna get are you gonna get that triple A level from a new IP when the service is the selling point? And if Probably the service not. is the selling point, how are we gonna keep you plugged in for the long term, you know? Once you've once you once we've hit you with that dollar extension for another three years, how are we going to keep you engaged? You know, once those three years are up and and you're going to get you're about to get hit with that bill for, you know, another 50 for fifty nine ninety nine for a year. What what happens? Oh, well, we're going to extend it. We're going to give you another dollar, two dollars for a month. $3 for another three months, whatever. And in the meantime, you're not going to be experiencing, at least I don't think we, we will, we're not going to be getting these new AAA IP experiences. We're going to be getting these shell games where you buy seasons and content, and that's going to keep you plugged in, strung along until the next well-known ip sequel is ready and Probably. to me that just kills to me that just kills creativity no, you're uh, probably right i mean i'm surprised they haven't done that already with um with uh madden games when you think about it you know because all those games really need to do is is just get you on a get you on a on a schedule in which you look at you know you you say okay you know, uh, this Madden game's gonna come out. 
you know, and then all we need to do is get a new roster um, that we download for, you know, 40 or $50, you know, and then you have your whole season. So you do, you know, you never have to buy a sporting game again. You, 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 you sign on, you sign on to EA, you know, for FIFA and you get the FIFA service. And so you have access to that game. It's always online. You stream it. And for like, you know, $4.99 or $5.99 a month, you get a new roster of of, uh, of teams that you can play whenever there's a changing. So it's like, oh, new season. All right, everyone, pay your $14.95 and we'll, give your, we'll update your rosters. All right, let's do this. And then that's it. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty much what it seems like for me. It pr- pretty much seems like that's probably what's going to happen, you know, mm. and 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 that's something that I that I hope that doesn't happen, because that would be kind of terrible. You know, yeah. when you think about it. I mean, I mean, but but again, you know, for for people who who are into streaming and who like streaming, that might be great. It's like, OK, you know, I only have to pay you know, what, $16 or, or whatever a year or, or however much they, they make it, you know, and I, and I get access to, to my favorite, um, to my favorite players and I get to do this. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to do that, you know, because people, they, they like that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I personally, you know, probably wouldn't do that. But again, I can't, you know, I can't fault a person who's going to be all like, you know, this is awesome. You know, yeah. But but I hear I hear your you know your frustrate your frustration and your and your worry because it does seem like that's going to suck. You know, mm-hmm. if if we if 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 we can't you know do that or, or if we can't distinguish uh, between you know what we're getting that's new versus y- you know what's going to be some rehashed, you know, stuff because it's easy and, and you, all you have to do is just, you know, you know, do the minimum, uh, do the minimum of putting it into the, um, uh, on the server. And then, you know, Bobby and Jamie are are super happy now, you know, I mean, yeah, that would, that would be horrible. But again, I really think that that's probably what's going to happen. And it's, and and it's sad. So in other words, you're telling me to go buy a poly mega. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear you. <laughs> we're going to have to see what's on the table for everyone for Sony and for Microsoft this next gen. So we'll see on there. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more uh, cautiously optimistic about Sony, given some some of the things that Ryan has said uh, in recent days about how he wants to move forward with uh, first-party IP. Uh, I like that. Uh, but he's not taking it off the table for the future because if if sales decrease in what should be a, a you know other a, an otherwise multi-million unit selling franchise and people don't buy them, then they're going to they're going to he's left the he's basically left the door open for this is what we're do what we're going to do but if you want to keep things the way they are you guys have to support you guys have to you have to you have to support you got to go out and buy and that's not you know go out and buy trash but if you want these top tier IPs the way they the way we're presenting them the way they are 
you, you gotta you gotta show up in the launch window and and make those purchases i mean that, that you know it's business at the end of the day so i'm a little bit more cautiously optimistic about ryan's perspective when it comes to sony's first party than i am with what microsoft is doing and i guess i would be most uh, uh optimistic about nintendo because they don't they they got a foot in any of this nonsense like like you mentioned before des so uh you know maybe the the switch the switch may end up being my uh preferred my 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 console of choice uh you know which nintendo which wouldn't bother which uh, wouldn't make me upset in the least <laughs> before it's all said and done so but anyway, I, I just wanted to—I just wanted to throw that little discussion out, and we chopped that up a little bit. Um, so, unless you guys had more to add to that, uh, I'd like to find out what you guys have been playing. So, we're going to jump into our playlist. Des, why don't you tell the folks what you've been playing for the past couple of weeks? So what have I been playing? Um, I've been playing a whole bunch of different games, actually. Uh, uh, PSN has been killing it with their uh, with their sales right now, and I've been able to look at a couple of other games that I um, a couple of the games that I really wanted to basically take a look at. So I got Titan Quest. I've been playing that with Joe. It's another Diablo like game, uh, but it's set in. Um, I guess it's it's sort of set in like Roman and Greek Empire and stuff like that. So yes. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting kind of uh, situation and a very interesting kind of um, I don't know. I, I it just seemed like an interesting Diablo like uh, because like we we got Torchlight two and Joe and I have been playing that, just kind of seeing what it is. And so um, again, I never really played too many. Um, uh, Diablo-like clones. I usually just played Diablo, and that was it. You know, granted, that's a whole genre in and in itself, but I never really got got into it or really thought about it. Um, so, having bought a couple of games on the PSN sale, I, you know, I bought Titan Quest, and I've been playing that, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's a it's a very I know it's an old game, and it's fairly stripped down. It doesn't have a lot of the um, the technical nuances of um, of the newer games. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. You know, what I've played, Joe and I have been playing it a couple times. Um, I like the skills. Uh, I like the masteries. You can make a whole bunch of different types of characters, which I think is kind of cool. You start off with like a basic template of a character, and then you get masteries, and you can only master two different things. So each time you play it, are two different specialties, like like warrior or or different mages and stuff like that, and and you can mix and match them. So it's really kind of cool uh, because from that first starting character, you can you can change it up and be a whole bunch of different characters if you if you want. So each playthrough is, is slightly different depending on the, the the specialty that you pick. And I think that's really kind of cool. Um, so you kind of jump in there. Um, I think it would be... Uh, I think it would put you to sleep, Kevin, because it is a lot of, like, running up and putting, you know, holding one thing. Uh, so, yeah. So it's very interesting... Um, to uh to play that um also played uh torchlight 2 um also been playing the outer worlds which is a great game um 
I have started playing Earthlock, which is um, another independent uh, game, uh, RPG, turn-based RPG that I really like. It's it's uh, mechanics. Uh, we did play Strange Brigade, Joe and I, but we're on the last level. And part of me, he's been wanting to play it so we can beat it. And part of me is like, no, I don't want it to end, you know. So I've been kind of like saying no to him because he wants to play it, and I probably just have Actually, to go ahead and beat it. I actually want to go back and play some of the other older levels again. You know, yeah, because I know you're because you're, you're a perfectionist and you want to collect everything, and I know that we missed it. So not necessarily. It's just mm-hmm. that, you know that game is so fun. Yeah, to it just is kind of run fun. run through some of the levels again. It's it's made to be played over and over. Yeah, so. to blow it up. And then I just got the newest game. I just got was a Bard's Tale Four, the director's cut. So. Uh, it's a nice little dungeon crawling RPG, single player. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, you explore in first person, but then you go into like a grid based, uh, a grid based pseudo turn based um, uh, combat style. So um, I'd seen some gameplay of this on YouTube and was thinking about thinking about it. And again, it's on sale right now on a PSN. So I love these PSN sales because it it allows me to play games. That I never really uh, that that were on PC that I that I could finally play on the PS4. I turned on my uh, PC and am really trying to force myself to do and to to play PC games because I do think that I am doing myself a disservice by not doing that. So that's what I'm trying to do. I think it'll I think it'll be fun. Uh, but again, I'm hesitant to buy things twice. I don't know why I feel like that because I bought things multiple times before. But it's kind of weird. It's like, do I buy this on PC through Steam or the Epic Store? Or do I buy it on the computer? Or do I wait until it comes out on PS4, which is my preferred way of playing games? So, But I think I'm going to force myself to, to start playing on my PC. Well, on Joe's PC. He let me borrow it, so... So uh, that way I can try to get the best of it before he decides that he wants it back. So, <laughs> uh, but that's what I've been playing really. Um, uh, I also, um, there's a target. There was a target two for one sale, uh, buy two, get one free, uh, sale. So I took advantage of that and bought a couple games. I got, uh, spark light. I got stranded sales and I got Astroneer. Uh, two games that Joe and I played at PAX, which was Sparklight and uh, Stranded Sales. Well, Joe played Stranded Sales. I watched him play it. I didn't want to sit down and watch. I didn't want to sit down and play it. Um, but I watched him play it, and I really thought that those those kind of. The, I'm really getting into those kind of indie games right now. Uh, those kind of A games, not AAA or AA, even just A games. And I'm really getting into indie games right now, and that's why I'm thinking one of the reasons why I want to push myself to play PCs in order to do that. And that's where I think, um, just to, just to kind of uh, uh, call back to our discussion, um, I think indie games are where it's going to be. Um, so where, where the AAA games and the AAA consoles and all that stuff might be forcing you to do or get on a um, get on a, a service plan uh, to play different games. Um, I think hopefully uh, PC gaming will still be pseudo the pseudo wild west where you can actually buy a game. It will be digital, of course, because it costs money to produce a physical copy. But you'll still be able to buy a game that's just you know your game uh, on on um on uh, 
on an indie platform, you know, where you don't have to be on a service or to be part of a service to enjoy it, you know. So that's that might be a a, a bastion for folks, you know, um, who still want to play games without being locked into a service. So, so that was just my plug for indie games. Definitely support them if you can. And I'm looking forward to playing those two games plus Astroneer. It's another four player game. You know, we can run around. I guess there's no combat in it, but you just kind of run around and explore. And I'm really into ex- exploration games right now for some reason. It's, I, th- I find them very calming um, to do that. You know, let us know um, in the in the comments or send us a, a note. Do you play Do you play exploration games? And if you do, like, do you find it calming? I do, personally. It's running around, picking up random shit on the ground, <laughs> making something out of it, you know. Just, just chill survival games, not the crazy, you know, survival games where you got to drink water or you'll die and stuff like that. That's too <laughs> hectic. Like, I, I do that in my real life. I don't need to do that in my games, you know, no. Um but that's pretty much what I've been playing. I also got another game that Joe told me about, which is, um, it's, uh, what was that game, Joe? Uh, Gilga, Gilgamesh Quest or whatever. I actually bought a, I actually bought another Steam, um, uh, Switch game, which is hilarious. It was, um, it was a game oh, that. Steam World Quest. It's in the Steam yeah. World series. Yeah. yeah. So, which I've, which I think I've played one of the Steam World, Steam World games. But uh, Joe, I was asking Joe about it because again, I was watching something on um, on uh, on YouTube, and they were talking about various games that are really good on the Switch, and that was one of them. And so I was asking Joe about it because he's the guy that I go to. Um, and uh, what is it? Um, Super Rare Games. It was Steam World Quest Hand of Gilgamesh for the Switch, and uh, it's a. I guess it's a. It's a, a English copy of it, so and yeah, it better pl- it better play on my P- on my Switch, dude, because I bought it. Uh, all Switch games are um, universal as far as that's there. great. There's no region region lock cool. or anything. Because like it looks that, like it's because so. it looks like it's coming from from the UK. So, but I'm yeah, excited it's to play from it. Europe. Yes. So I'm excited to play it. So so that's what I've been playing. Uh, I honestly, to tell you the truth, after um, after my midterms. I just kind of dove. I just dove into games. Like it's really. I needed to. I needed to take some time. This is my last semester, so, so I'm excited. Uh, but at the same time, it's been really tough, you know. So, so taking a break and playing games has really been a very good outlet for me. So, so Joe, uh, what have you been playing as of late, buddy? Uh, for me, it's been basically like two games, three games altogether, actually. So. Um, I have not been playing any of my hot AAA titles <laughs> also. No Borderlands 3, no Monster Hunter, no Destiny 2, Shadow Keep on there. So, I mean, pretty much I've been playing Borderlands 2. I've been trying to clean up the DLC on the Handsome Jack collection. I wound up finishing the um, Mr. Torg's um, DLC. I did all the... Uh, mini headhunter DLCs. They had four mini headhunter DLCs that included uh, holidays like Halloween, um, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. You know, so obviously for Christmas, I was fighting fighting a huge, gigantic turkey out shooting with guns. You know, so of course you were. <laughs> uh, Christmas DLC, of course, I'm shooting this big evil snowman. You know, trying to uh, restore peace to the uh, world of borderlands you know in the you know christmas spirit quote unquote you know and uh halloween of course as well uh the other headhunter dlc had to do with a tropical island that was probably the 
the best out of the four on that. They had a um, son, son of Giglamesh, uh protagonist from Borderlands 1 return, basically uh, fighting a big, gigantic, like, sea creature on that. So, I mean, pretty much I'm done with all the Borderlands 2 DLC except for the uh, Captain Lilith and Return uh, the Battle for Sanctuary DLC that came out back in July. So as soon as I get that done, I'm probably going to put Borderlands all together as a franchise on the back burner for a little bit. Why? Uh, you have, don't you have Borderlands 3 to play? Come on. I have Borderlands 3 to play, yeah. But, you know, see, I have other games I've been meaning to play, including, like, you know, Shadowkeep. Um, you know, Division Two. I mean, you could start naming games off left and right. You know, Monster Hunter, Iceborne. You know, so it's games I want to play and get to as well. Uh, what else has been preoccupying my time? Um, playing a little bit of ukulele on the uh, PC. On there, kind of a good palate cleanser for me. I've not played a platformer in a while. Um, I dabbled with that game on PS4, but playing on PC, oh my god, just playing at 60 frames a second is just way better uh, on there. Kind of opened my eyes a little bit gaming more on PC on that. And then, uh, as you did mention, Desmond, I've been playing Titan Quest. In fact, I've been playing a lot of the single player, and we talked about um, you know, lack of inventory space with the game, and I've been finding ways to go back and sell my stuff to the merchant right away. Ugh. on that because you could throw up a uh, portal to go back to town basically and then I've been finding that uh, it's, even though I'm going back to town quite a bit I've been enjoying the game quite a bit on there so I've never met a man you know get so into um, getting loot and like taking it back and selling it like if if Joe could play a game where he just looted everything he would <laughs> <laughs> like if the game if the game was just looting, he would do it. Of course, take it all. Come on, bye bye bye. Take take take. So, <laughs> gameplay loop for me, that's for sure. So that's what makes Borderlands Two Titan Quest. I mean, pretty much uh, Titan Quest for a game that's as old as it is. It's thirteen years old. THQ Nordic brought it out for consoles way afterwards. They pretty much got this IP from the the grave. They just like dug the up that bin. IP. Yeah, I mean they bought a bunch of THQ's IPs after they went bankrupt and went out of business. And so I've liked in the way that they've kinda taken these games and brought new life out for them a little bit. So you know, obviously I don't know if you guys saw that uh SpongeBob SquarePants remastered that they're bringing out <laughs> coming out pretty soon. On there, there's a $400 SpongeBob SquarePants uh, collector's edition. Oh my goodness! That's coming Sounds out great. with a, a bunch of different SpongeBob SquarePants um, figures. That's one thing about THQ Nordic. I don't know why they go so crazy with their collector's editions. Uh, at my closest GameStop, there's a Darksiders 3 $400 Apocalypse edition that's now discounted down to 129 and just been sitting there for a year and a day. <laughs> I keep looking at it when we walk in and I talk to the clerks and it's like, you know, when are you going to crack that baby open? We'll split it up. You know, we talked about, you know, them taking all the statues, me getting steel book and <laughs> calling it a <Yikes>. day. <laughs> but anyway, what have you been playing, Kevin? I know I've been going on my tangents far enough. So. No, it's fine. It's fine, man. Did you have more to, sh- did you have more to share? 
no, that's all I've been up to as far as gameplay wise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been playing Monster Hunter, and I finished Iceborne, the 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 Iceborne story, and I am in the Guided Lands. So I am in, currently in pursuit of the silver and gold Rathalos because those are the monsters with the best gear uh, for doing your for fight for soloing the elder dragons. Uh, it's got you know the, their their base skills are really good for the for the weapons that I use, which is the charge blade and the bow, and all the. The Rathal, the silver, and I think the gold one too has. When you equip four pieces of armor, you get uh, critical element mastery, which just cranks up. It, it just cranks up uh, critical element. And you got that combined with uh, uh, weakness exploit maxed out and critical uh, critical hit maxed out and you're running an elemental weapon with uh level seven crit uh critical eye then you're you're knocking monsters unconscious almost <laughs> every other hit you do and uh it's it's almost game breaking at, at that point from, from what i've seen how i've seen some people play but i mean these guys have memorized all the monster patterns and uh, have mastered their weapons, which is something I have yet to do. But uh, the silver and gold Rathalos, I still have to get to master rank 60, and I am at master rank 47. So I still got wow. a ways to go uh, on that grind. But I, I just wanted to finish the main campaign and uh, get as good of gear as I could uh, before going into the going into the guided land. So I, I kind of I kind of I'm kind of taking a back seat, putting not I'm not putting Monster Hunter on the back burner completely, but I'm not hitting it as hard uh, as as I would otherwise. Um, another game I finished was River City Girls. I can, I don't know if I mentioned that on the last show. Or not. You didn't. Yeah, that's I that's didn't. awesome. Okay. I finished River City Girls, and that game was phenomenal from beginning to end. Uh, again, I've gushed uh, plenty about River City Girls, and uh, it's got a high price point. Uh, hopefully, it'll be it'll be reduced on the digital various digital stores uh, come Black Friday. Hopefully, so more people might be uh, interested in playing it, but. I don't regret spending my thirty-five bucks on River on River City Girls in the least. Um, the Game Plus mode is super dope. You get additional characters to play as, each with new moves. Doesn't change the story any, uh, but th these new characters, when you when you start them, you have maxed out money. So when you go to the dojo to buy uh, your move set, you can just max out their move sets and just go to town and really enjoy the mechanics of this beat 'em up. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, another game I've been playing uh, is, and it just came out, uh, probably the most divisive game uh, recent in recent uh, recent times, and that's Death Stranding. 
I picked it up on launch day, uh, loaded it up, and started playing it um, yesterday. And I've I I gotta say I'm I'm shocked because uh, you know people have been saying that Kojima's a a, a mad a madman a mad genius and. I tried to see it in the Metal Gear <laughs> games. I tried to see it. I honestly did. Uh, I, I I don't like stealth, so that was a big part of it. So that's a big thing there. But with Death Stranding, I'm kind of sort of seeing... I, I see that now because I'm only maybe three three or so hours into the game. And I've seen some I've seen some ish in this game that I'm like, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could go into detail about it, but it, it they would it would spo- it, it would be spoilers, and I don't want to spoil this game for anybody who even has the faintest interest in playing it. Um, deliveries is just part of the game. It's just don't don't let don't let the haters fool you. Um, there's more to the game than just delivering packages. Now, delivering packages a big part of it, yeah, but you're you're going to wind up doing a lot more than that during the course of the game. And the story, I'm able to follow the story, which is something I couldn't do in the Metal Gear, the the few Metal Gears that I played. Um, the story is really good. It's um, I when I see why he chose a main kind of mainline, uh, if not Hollywood heavy, then just like you know, like a premium channel series show major actors because it. Re- it really comes out in the story as you play this game. Um, from a play mechanic, I I never thought cl- climbing a mountain, <laughs> climbing a mountain would be as as uh, uh, interactive as it is. But but yeah, it, it is. You you're not just taking stuff from one point to another. You actually have to look at the terrain and a there are controls and adjustments that you have to make on the fly as you move from one point to another. And again, I'm only three hours in, but I mean, when I, when I get off recording this show, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to Death Stranding and, and I've got a bunch of other games that I thought I would be playing from my backlog, <laughs> but and I'm going to try and work them in and uh, purposely work them in. But I just want to know what's next with that game. And Kojima has formed a world with a cast of characters that I want to know what makes them tick, why they're doing what they're doing, uh, find out more about this world and the strands that they're dealing with. And the story, I'm not lost in the story at all. I'm, I'm not, it, 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 it is the story crazy yeah it's crazy but it's not 
crazy from the standpoint that I don't know what's going on. It's not like that at all. It is a Kojima story, and I'm really digging it, man. It's um, uh, I I got I gotta. It, it, it's gonna it's gonna be it's for me personally it's it's and I'm only three hours in I don't want to make I don't want to make any presumptions because you know anything can happen uh, when it comes to games but it it's gonna be in my game of the year discussion as uh, it's somewhere because I have just been absolutely digging what I've been playing with this game so far uh, so. Um, so yeah, the Death Stranding, it's very divisive. Do not do not go off of it off of any paid uh, or metacritic or professional site whether it's good or bad. This is something you just got to experience for yourself. If you I don't know if it's at Redbox, uh, I would imagine it will be or or is at some point or will be at some point at your local library, if your library is good with getting new releases, uh, rent it and check it out for yourself if you have access to a PlayStation 4. Uh, make, make your mind up by experiencing this game for yourself and be able to come to a conclusion. Because this is not the type of game where you can you know, well, I know this is this might might me and, and this dude on on game site X. We have similar tastes. Now, nah, you, you this you got to check this out for yourself. Uh, you it's at Redbox. So, yeah, it's at Redbox. So, yeah. So at least do that. At least do that because if you don't and you follow somebody else's opinion, again, good or bad about Death Stranding, you're doing yourself a disservice. Make your own opinion. Make up your own mind. I, I say that about every game, but this is a game. This you you really can't take somebody's word for. This is something you got to check out on your own. And I and I don't say that uh, lightly. And I think that's one of the brilliant things about um, about what Kojima did. A about what Kojima did, and B that same. Uh, uh, open creativity line that Sony has with the developers that they work that they work with that I hope does not change with PlayStation 5 is that they they let their folks kind of go wild and I know that Kojima is not a first party studio but it, the, the, I appreciate that there is at least a platform somewhere that lets developers do what they want to do, which is develop and push envelopes and uh, push genres and kind of break down those these boxes that we tend to put games into. Uh, and I, I really do appreciate that. And uh, I'm, I'm just digging this game right now. But yeah, check it was, out for yourself. Someone was asking me when I was picking up the game at Best Buy, I was like, what's the, what's the deal with this game? How come everyone's going crazy about this? I heard all you do is just walk <laughs> and deliver packages. And I said, well, you know, I try to equate it like this. You know, most video games tend to be like a uh, Michael Bay summer blockbuster movie for the most part, Call of Duty, Battlefield, you know, so on and so forth. I equated it more to a... Um, maybe a more brainier like art 
type art house type movie, you know, mm. where, you know, it's, it's trying to tell a different, different story than just bang, bang, you know? <laughs> yeah. And try to equate that to get the guy to understand, you know, why everyone's going crazy about this game. And it seems like, you know, all you do is deliver packages and it's not really, um, all that, that game is cracked up. No. And, and, and so one thing that I would disagree what, what some people have said and that it's a slow burn. It's not a, it has not been a slow burn for me. Um, story wise and uh you know kind of getting into the grit of to what as to what this universe is all about it it throws you in and the the ramp up if at least in my opinion has been very quick not so quick that you can't tell what's going on either it, it you know what's going on and the pacing getting into the meat of what's really going on this universe uh what what bridges is all about all that stuff it's done at a pace that is game centric but also does not leave you saying okay well how do we get from a to z how did, how how did we get from a to b there's there there should be some more steps here it doesn't do that it it you're able to tell what's going on and it's at a at a good enough pace that is suitable for a game at least so far, at least you know for me. Uh, so I have just been, but uh, but again, y- y'all need to check this out. If you if you've got to play access to a PlayStation Four, if you have a PlayStation Four console, uh, check it out for yourself. Either buy it or rent it, just just to see, because I I think you you do yourself a disservice if you go off someone's of someone else's opinion, good or bad, about this game in particular. So. Uh, but that's what I have been playing the past couple of weeks. But we've got we got another section I I want to jump into real quickly, and uh, the Black Friday ads uh, are dropping right now. And uh, Trader Joe, who is known for maximizing your gaming dollar is going to share with you uh, some of the things you you may want to keep an eye out the day for the day after Thanksgiving. So after you've digested your turkey, ham, or steak, roast beef, or whatever, and you decide it's time to hit hit the stores or hit on, or jump online and check things out, uh, Trader Joe, why don't you let them know what they might want to keep an eye out for? And where? Okay. Well, keep in mind, this is all U.S., so if we happen to have any um, uh, non-U.S. listeners, obviously you're going to have to check your own <laughs> sales where you're uh, oriented at. But this is all skewed towards U.S. only on this. So uh, as far as what's going on with Black Friday game-wise, is that there is some bundles available. So, And some of the bundles are available uh, through a number of different retailers right now. So there is going to be a PlayStation 4 one terabyte Slim bundle for $199.99. That will include Last of Us Remastered, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, all in one bundle. $199? Are you out of your mind? Cheap. That's a good bundle. So... Also, they have a PlayStation VR bundle, and this is the Type 2, the new version of the PlayStation VR 
uh, with the HDMI pass-through for people that have HDR screens. $199.99 gets you a PlayStation 4. Um, it also gets you the bypass box and gets you the unit along with Resident Evil 7, uh, Astrobot, Hotshots Golf VR, Skyrim VR, and VR Worlds all in one package for $199.99, which is great. Uh, and there are all other PlayStation VR bundles that might be in your local store. It will also be $100 off on that. Now, there is a Nintendo Switch bundle that's available at a few retailers that comes with Mario Kart 8 for the same retail price of $299.99. Um, a lot of people have been kind of blowing it up about this bundle because Nintendo's being stingy like usual. And on top of it, this Nintendo Switch bundle with Mario Kart 8 is the old Switch model with less lesser battery life. Not the one that just came out in this August. Uh, they released a revision to the Switch uh, that has longer battery life. The one that's to be available in this bundle on Black Friday, guess what? You get the old Switch that only has a six-hour battery, so, you know, borums on that thing. So, as far as on the Xbox side of the fence, of course, uh, they do got a Gangbusters bundle. They have a 199.99 Xbox One S1 terabyte that comes with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order along with a $40 gift card on top. So, so that is pretty good. Um, and also, to all other Xbox bundles are discounted by 150 bucks and you also get a 40 dollars gift card with all xbox one x consoles as well and our favorite redhead the stepchild of the console bunch uh the xbox one sad uh, s all digital is going to be available for 149.99 at the price that it probably should have launched at <laughs> yeah. to begin with it should have been, this should probably be 99.99 are you out of your mind <laughs> but yeah that just for the um people that want to get hooked up with games pass and uh, don't want to buy physical discs uh the xbox one sad is your ticket to gaming goodness for 149.99 i'm not sure if that comes with games or not but i know that's the going rate for that now i'm not sure if that comes with a 40 dollars gift card as well but we'll let you know about that in a bit as far as Target, Target has some games for 15 bucks. Uh, titles include Division 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, um, Team Sonic Racing, uh, Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle for the Switch, uh, Crash Bandicoot Remastered, the Insane Trilogy on there, uh, Crash Team Racing uh, on there is also going to be over 15 bucks on there. Not too bad on there. Uh, $25 games include... Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Control, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, um, Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD, um, Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Uh, $30 games at Target include titles such as Catherine Full Body, Judgment, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, you know, hot off the presses. Fallout 76 for 30 bucks at Target. Hey, that's a great deal. Hey, hey, hey. So... <laughs> Uh, they do have some Switch games on discount, too, including some back catalog titles like Super Mario Odyssey, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Tennis Aces. So that is probably the cheapest you have seen a first-party Nintendo game for a while <laughs> at Target. So. And then the 
top it off, they do have some games for 35 bucks, including the just-released Need for Speed Heat <laughs> on there. So, actually, I've heard that game is not too bad from really? other impressions I've, I've heard of. So, hmm. on there. I just got through listening to the Doddcast, and they were saying that it's pretty damn decent. It's like uh, it's like Redhead, the stepchild of Forza Horizon. So, whether you want to consider that as being good... Who knows, but, you know, it's up there for rent, or if you want to um, be able to check it out, it will be cheaper on Black Friday. So, uh, Best Buy, of course, they have all the same bundles I referenced before on there. They do have a $199.99 PlayStation VR bundle with Trover and Five, Night- Five Nights at Freddy's on there. So, the, just in case you want to uh, hook it up with some, you know yucks on there that might be down your alley of course um all the bundles we mentioned before on that is available at best buy they do have some games a little bit cheaper on that uh call of duty modern warfare is 40 bucks just in case you want to shoot some perps enjoy that wonderful first player campaign that got russians all up in arms about that uh shenmue 3 is only going to be 35 dollars you know, the game comes out this Friday, and it's already on discount. So we'll have to see what happens <laughs> with that business on there. Uh, Control is $30. Bucks. Um, Greedfall, $30. Bucks. Um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, $27.99. Borderlands 3, $27.99. number of different games for $25 bucks on there. Uh, Nina Kune, Wrath of the White Witch for Switch and PS4. Uh, Crash Team Racing. Um, Catherine Full Body at Best Buy is twenty five bucks. Judgment Sekiro is only twenty five bucks. That's a lot of good games there. Uh, some games for Xbox. Gears Five, just in case you don't have Games Pass, is twenty five bucks on there. They got a great lineup for twenty dollar games, including what uh, Collection of Mana for the Switch, just in case you want to hook that up. Uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair on that. Uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Uh, Civilization Six for the Switch. I know Desmond, you had your eye on that one, possibly. Possibly. Yes. Uh, PS4 games. Days Gone for twenty bucks. Rage Two. Uh, Concrete Genie, which is one I have on my eyes on at least. Uh, Medieval. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven for the PS4. On there, and then they got some Xbox One titles, including Forza Horizon Four, Sea of Thieves. You know, just in case you don't have Games Pass, guess what? Go pick up your physical Xbox One games. So, uh, fifteen buck games uh, include such titles as Resident Evil Two, which kind of sticks out. Kingdom Hearts Three, Marvel Spider-Man Game of the Year Edition, only fifteen bucks for arguably the probably the best game from last year on that with all the DLC. In fact, I traded in my version of Spider-Man at GameStop. Uh, yesterday for 14 bucks, and I'm buying the Game of the Year edition for 15 because who doesn't like free DLC? I, I like free free DLC. Hmm. So, uh, other games include Shenmue 1 and 2, Yakuza 6, that's a lot of game for 15 bucks on there. So, uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 for 15 bucks. So, a lot of good games. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition. Imagine if you were just buying your first console and had all these games to select from. As far as titles to be able to go and curate games you'd want to play, it's just like nuts to me. It, it's something to where 
I almost was want to not buy any of the next generation consoles and just come in three years later after I go through my backlog and jump in <laughs> and pick up everything on the cheap, just seeing these sales. So anything stick out to either of you two on there? Or what are you guys looking forward to in Black Friday? Uh, well, I thought I was under the impression that Need for Speed Heat was trash. So... Uh, oh. I based, you know, if, if some, cause I listened to the Dodcast and, uh, if, if, uh, cause I think one or one of them or a couple of them are like big, like burnout fans. Not that this necessarily has to be like burnout, but you know, they prefer arcade racers over sim. Uh, so I, I think it'll be probably be worth checking out. Uh, so I'm going to be looking at uh, need for speed heat uh, I was hoping to see, you know, since they have all these uh, Switch, not necessarily first party, but all these Switch titles out, I was hoping to see um, uh, uh, that that Met game, because it's just one of those titles that just kind of slipped by me that I wanted to pick up. Diamond uh, X Machina. Diamond X Machina. Yeah, I was hoping to maybe see that one on the list, but I don't see that one so far. Uh, it remains to be seen. It's like yeah. it's like the smaller pressed, uh, smaller niche Nintendo published titles. So, good luck. I mean, just like I've been wanting to see because I know it's been hard to find Bayonetta two for Switch. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard to find nowadays. I don't think they're reprinting it. So it's like um, keeping my eye out for that, just in case, or just have to go with uh, digital on that. You know, which how much that pains me. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a couple of, there's a couple of here like um, Control is one that I was kind of curious about, but for whatever reason, just just bypassed on when it when it was out, uh, when it uh, when it was when it's just freshly released, and definitely going to be picking up uh, Catherine uh, for sure because I thoroughly enjoyed uh, that game the first time uh, I picked it up for PlayStation Three. And with the new content, it'll be interesting to see how thing how the core game has changed uh, story wise. I know you're still playing, you're still doing puzzles, but be interesting to see the the different story arcs that have been asked added to uh, uh, Hard Body Edition. So, well, I've I haven't started it yet, but Kevin, I got it from the library, from the Fresno County Library. I rented oh, okay. it. Okay, so, <laughs> so just in case cool. you want to save yourself a buck. On there, once you rent a game out, I think you get two to three week rental period. Once you do get it, you can renew it at least a couple times, unless someone has a hold on it, then you have to relinquish it at that point. So, uh, for me, I'm not really sure what I'm interested in. I'm really, I really kind of play it on play it by ear. I might actually get uh, Dino Cooney because I have that for a PS3 and, um, uh, you really gotta sing some time into that game because the the it 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 does not um, I don't know it's just a really interesting game because it it, it it's a slow burn at the beginning but once you get into it uh, it pays dividends I guess so I thought about possibly getting that one uh, but other than that I really don't know um, what other games I'm gonna get I mean I'm gonna be down there and I'm probably just gonna be hanging out with you know with Joe and Kev. Um, I know a couple times when I've gone down to hang, to see them, 
you know, for and for family and stuff, we'll we'll go to like Best Buy and we'll meet up and do that. So mostly it's just for me, it's just kind of hanging out. I haven't really given too much thought to it. Um, possibly gonna get the um, the the PS four bundle. Part of me's kind of thinking maybe because uh, I got a I got a PS four that's not you know that's kind of old, and so this might be a good thing to to, to upgrade it. Although part of me is kind of like, well, why, why upgrade it now if if we're just going to be getting a PS5? So, but I don't know how far out that PS5 is. So you know, just kind of thinking about what what makes sense. Um, so, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm surprised that there's no pro bundles. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised too. I would think that once once the PS5 was released, they would be trying to like get people to upgrade to that. Um, because I mean, one of the things that I thought was, which would be kind of an interesting thing, is is if people are saying, okay, you know, the PS5 is coming, uh, but it might be too expensive. Why don't I just upgrade to the PS Pro and then wait it out until it gets cheaper? So that would be a good thing in order to get more people to purchase uh, a Pro. Because I would have done that, you know. Uh, I don't know why they never discount the Pro. It's kind of odd, really, but. Uh... One thing, silly. Uh, if you're a service member or related to a service mem- member, there is a um, sale for military at the exchange on there that they have the PlayStation 4 Call of Duty Pro bundle for three ninety nine, dollars not $3.99, that's the retail price, it's two ninety nine ninety nine. So oh, okay. on there, so if you happen to know someone in the military, you can order online with the military a handle. You know, of course, you can get that bundle for a uh, hundred bucks off, and that is a great price for that. So, mm. cool. It is. It is good to know. You know, you, you talk to me. I mean, I've been looking for pro bundles for you. There's a pro bundle for a Red Dead Redemption Two that's been clearanced out of fries that's been popping up every now and then. But, uh, but uh, you know, it just depends and. What you want to look at out there, but let us know out there what you're looking forward to Black Friday. Me, I got a little short list. I don't want to go too crazy, but like I said, Spider Man. And I'm interested in Nino Cooney. I think 25 bucks might be just a little bit too much for a game I already own. But uh, keep in mind, if you get it for PS4, it is a um, upscaled version. Uh, the Switch version is actually a port of the PS3 version, so so it's not even a remaster game. It's just ported straight from PS3. So. Boo. So keep in mind, PS4 probably only for that bad boy on there. Of course, it's remastered for PC as well and probably has good specs on that. So on that. And I'm interested in Concrete Genie. I'm keeping an eye on that too. So That just came out. So getting that cheap, is that's real good. That's 10 bucks off. Yeah, but it just depends. I mean, the game didn't get pressed as far as too many copies either. So I'll probably maybe go ahead and do to do but we'll see but walmart's ad still hasn't been released and neither has gamestop's ad so we'll talk about that more next episode because i know you're just chomping at the bit you just gotta have all your juicy black friday morsels so we'll try to bring it to you here so okay okay and well thank you for bringing us that information trader joe and the food max of gaming dropping those black friday deals on you uh, do I sound like a morning zoo host? I hope. I hope. Not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, check this out. We actually got a vessel line that uh, 
uh, someone dropped in on uh, our our Twitter account. And we will get more into how you can contact the show uh, at the at the when, when, at the end of our uh, broadcast. But our vessel line reads as follows, and this is from John Travis. When I mentioned digital games, I personally felt like this is the future. It's like books. I'm a Kindle guy, and it's all digital now. I would love the I would love to do the resale, but it gives to give that up for convenience of not reading a six-inch thick, 1,000-plus page Game of Thrones book is fine by me. Now we have a game. Now we have a game where you can buy the physical copy and not get a physical game. Basically, Steam. Um, he's and, referencing, and he's uh, referencing Overwatch. Polygon, uh, Overwatch, yeah, which uh, I looked at that, and that makes absolutely no sense to me. What well, <laughs> Overwatch came out for the Switch, and for the Switch, Switch yes. third-party third games do not come with a physical copy of the game. It just comes with a code inside the box, basically. So, Yeah, so it's like, why not? Do, I, I don't even understand that. But, um, yeah, uh, for me... I really don't have a problem with digital. The only re- the only reason the things that I have against digital currently as it stands is that I'm still my game my best buy uh, gamers club unlocked is still active. Um, I have no idea when that's ending because uh, uh, I, but I'm just gonna take advantage of it for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grant, and I understand that these uh, deals at at the brick and mortar stores are becoming fewer and farther between. But when they were active, where you could get, you know, Amazon had something going. You had Best Best Buy's Gamers Club unlocked. You had, uh, uh, I think, GameStop was doing. They didn't have a Gamers Club unlocked, but they were running some promotionals with uh, trade boosts and everything. Uh, while that was going on, it just didn't make any sense for me, for someone who just on, on Front Street prefers to have a physical disc collection, to spend less money getting the same game as opposed to spending more money for the digital version and not have the versatility uh, attached to it for uh, for the full uh, $59.99. That uh, I I just couldn't rationalize that in my in my head. Um, so that's always been my my issue. If digital on console, if we got deals, and I understand PlayStation and Xbox are uh, run deals consistently on their respective storefronts, where certain games are are knocked, you know, knock some a few bucks off hither and hither and thither. But if my whole thing with digital is that as long as I own the game, meaning that unless it's something like a, a Destiny, which requires an online connection, if my connection's not working, I want to still be able to play the game. And as long as I can do that uh, with a digital download. Uh, then I'm good. Uh, I know that with my physical games, when the network's down, whether it's PlayStation Network is down or Comcast has got, has got a hiccup, 
uh, I throw a physical disc in and it will play without question. And uh, a lot of my digital games, it's about all of my digital games will play without question. So as long as that is consistent, then I'm good with digital. But my whole issue is is getting the same deals that are still, at least for me, currently available uh, with physical media. So, uh, Joe, what, what's your perspective on that? Uh, just it's changing. It's incrementally changing for me, at least. So I'm seeing more of the advantages of digital, like John is kind of articulating a little bit, you know, and, you know, I'm going to go where I get my deals, but at the same time, I like to have some sort of resale value as well. But it's like, uh, I want to get more, like I referenced at the beginning of the show, <laughs> that I want to get more into, uh, you know, playing what I buy versus like accumulating a backlog and curating a collection for myself on there. And I'm seeing more of the advantages of going digital and then all these, of course, services, God forbid these services, but uh, grabbing, like, you know, checking out a game here and there as well. So, I mean, I, I will be physical. I just don't know the, how, uh, what extent for next gen on there. You know, we'll have to see. I know it's starting to sound like heresy in my eyes, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I could see advantages both ways on there. Uh, it's just on the consoles. You don't get as much uh, back and forth as far as the sale prices because you got a lot of key resellers that are involved in selling Steam keys out there. So, and then they'll work with the um, publisher to come up with discounts at a certain point on there. And I know there's a group of gamers out there. If you can look on Reddit, there's a Reddit thread called Patient Gamers, and they basically just, for whatever reason, they say they do not buy a full price game no matter what. And some of them, they draw the line at 10 bucks. Some some of them draw the line at 20. It just depends on you know, what kind of value you want and what you want to play, basically. So, I respect it. Yeah. But that's not me. <laughs> and what I'm, I'm looking for is just I just want to buy more, you know, buy less games, buy the games I really, really want. And then uh, these smaller games, you know, I want to reward the publishers, of course. So if I buy those on launch, I buy those on launch. But, uh, you know, I don't want to buy no AAA Activision game and buy it right on launch because I know, just like we're seeing with these Black Friday deals, you know, like two two months later and it's going to sit on my shelf and then I'll be able to get that game for like, you know, 20 cents on the dollar or something, you know, so. I mean, you're not kidding. So it just depends. It's just a lot. I, I could see the slippery slope of consoles. How many generations do you think it will take for them to get rid of physical media? I think... Maybe this next generation is going to be the last. I think. No, I think I think you'll always have I think you'll always have physical media in some in some form or another. Um, I don't think they can always. I don't think they can ever get rid of it totally, because you'll always have those people like Kevin and 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 you know to a certain extent you, you know who likes that. Uh, I think it will just be few and far between. It'll become a specialty type item. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's gonna go completely because like it, it's gonna be like vinyl, you know, where you can, you know, if you want, you're gonna get a spe specific game and it's gonna be like vinyl, you know. Yeah, I don't I think know. it'll ever, I don't think it'll ever go like cassettes, where like cassettes are just like a literally a thing of the past. I think, I think it'll it'll become like vinyl and there'll be special releases and people like, 
you know, those special release systems or, or, or limited run games, they will be like, they will be at the top of the food chain now. And I think, you know, actively trading physical media will probably not be uh, as big as it, as it was before. And it'll just be a completely different beast. Um, and it'll be, I think it will happen in our lifetime, um, but I don't think it'll be, you know, more super detrimental, you know, to it because there are people who just like, they like the ease of it, you know, they like, that's literally it. They just like the ease of it. It's, I know it's, a lot of PC gamers, man, they <laughs> don't want to get up. They don't have to put a disc in. They just boot, boot no. the game up and that's it. So. That's it. You know, I understand that. You know, I, I honestly do. But, you know, some people are just going to, that's just what they like, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, well, a special thank you to you, John Travis, for that uh, for that feedback. Um, I have one quick thing to add. Um, so uh, we always loved hearing people speak um, and come in and talking to us on our on our. Um, uh, on our vessel line, and so I have a question for for folks who you know who listen to our show. Uh, we're talking about trading in games and getting new games and stuff like that. So I actively went through today because GameStop was having a a, a pro sale, and I know most people who who are really into video games know when the pro sales happen, and and they're very good, you know, about it. Joe was telling me about it, and. Um, so my question to people who, who listen to us is, is, is how do you, how do you go about, um, deciding when it's time to sell a game? Is it, is it, you have played it, beat it time to go? Is it, you know, am I going to play this game ever again? I got to go or, or you played it and you didn't like it, you know? And, and if you do decide that, like, like, where do you normally go to to sell your games? Is it GameStop? Do you have a little mom and pops that you go to? Um, I'm really kind of thinking about the, the 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 underlining psychology about about turning in games, you know, because if it if we are really moving to a time in which physical media is going away, what is that gonna do? You know, because I because I, I think about Joe about it because Joe really you know he really enjoys that that. You know, you, you really enjoy going. I don't want to speak to you about you in the third person because you're in the room. <laughs> we're talking, but you really like, you know, the aspect of getting a deal and trading it in. And there's a ritual around that. But when that goes away, you know, what's going to happen? You know, um, and 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 what and and what what do you think about when you're when when you're looking at uh, when am I going to trade this game and and how am I going to trade this game and and do I really need to trade this game and and stuff like that. And we can, uh, you know, have a conversation about that um, on our next show. So, so please think about that. You know, what is, how much thought goes into you getting rid of a game, you know, and, and, and when is it time? Like, when is it time to trade in a game? So that's my, that's my, um, my question to the listeners, you know, and I, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts about this, you know, to get some more, um, uh, uh, listener interaction because you know we we do this show for you um, and we want to share this passion of gaming with you and we, and we want you to you know to to let us know you know what this stuff means to you too okay absolutely and you'll be able to to answer that question uh, through through our contacts which are 
gamingvessels at gmail.com. Feel free to drop us an email there to answer Des's question as to what your process in making the decision of trading in a game. What 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 are the what are the um, uh, the what quick points have to be hit before you decide to make that uh, decision, and how do you go about it? And also, if you would like to be uh, actually be on the show, you're going to want to send uh, those inquiries to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Social media. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff71. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network. I am shownuff7, same spelling with the number 7. Xbox Live, I am Shonuff071. Again, same spelling with 071. And on Steam, I am Shonuff71, same spelling with the number 71. Uh, Joe, where can the fine folks get a hold of you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter under the handle Joe Fungul, J O E F O N G U L. And if you want to communicate to me on various video game networks, you can hook me. Up with me on PSN, Steam, and Nintendo Network under the user handle Kamunagara. That's K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. On Xbox Live, that's the outlier. I am Kamunagara. Same spelling, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. 6966 on there. I guess they didn't want to give me 6969 because that would have been too too sweet. But Yeah, <laughs> a little too much, buddy. Too much yeah. on there. I'm grateful to at least get a uh, almost similar handle on Xbox Live. So, and where can the fine folks find you, Desmond? Uh, you can find me at uh, at Twitter as the Nemo Six N E M O. Uh, so it's T H E N E M O S I X. You can find me on um, Twitter. You can find me on PSN. At Nemo Tigger, N E M O T G G R. That's pretty much where you're going to be able to find me. Um, might start playing my um, my Xbox again. We'll see. So at this point, just 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 find me on there. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, one one PSN. quick thing um, on PSN, by I, the way. <laughs> on PSN. Okay. Uh, one quick thing. Uh, if you send us a, a friend invite on either PlayStation or Xbox. On the message section, you don't have to you don't you don't have to spell anything out, but just say that you're a listener of the show. Just put like GV for gaming vessels or something or something so I so we know where uh, we're getting the invite from. Just just so that we know that uh, the because I've been getting some some random uh, mm-hmm. requests, and I don't know if they're if they're uh, account bots or if they're people that actually listen to the show. So I've kind of been uh, deleting them. So if you do want to send us a um, send us a friend request on any of the platforms that we mentioned with regards to gaming, just put in in the text uh, GV or that you listen to the show, just so that we know we know where the uh, the request is coming from. That's all. Yep. And so with that, uh, for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, and Dez, the Bay Area Terror, this is Kevin, also known as Shonuff71, and we're signing out, and we'll be back next time with a new show. Peace!